Welcome to the Grace Point Church Podcast. Here at Grace Point Church, we believe in meeting people where they are and leading them to where God wants them to be. Join us now as we listen to this week's message. If you are a guest with us today, this is not uh, usually how we run a normal service here. We're celebrating Thanksgiving and uh, glad to see all of you um, here with us. Um, I love Thanksgiving. It is probably my, I was going to say second, but now I'm thinking it's probably my fourth favorite holiday, which makes it less of a good story about how much I love Thanksgiving. But I do. I love Thanksgiving. I don't remember exactly when it was that I took over turkey roasting duties uh, from my mother. She, all, all growing up, she made the turkey every year. And uh, when she, I remember the last few years, she started getting really creative with the turkey. Uh, one, one year she made a Peking turkey, and it was, oh, it was absolutely delicious. And so I, I remember taking over and just being very, very, very... Um, aware of the fact that I was taking over this tradition uh, from my mother. And so Thanksgiving came, and, and I'm starting to get a little bit older, and I'm starting to recognize that there's some things I want to pass on. And so this year, as I was making our um, honey citrus turkey, um, I had my son come and, and, uh, come and help me baste and help me lift the turkey and clean up the turkey juices to prevent salmonella, and you know, we—I wanted him to get into this process and to to know how to roast the turkey because someday I want him and I want my daughter to be able to to do their own turkeys and to roast their own turkeys. And it's one of those things that you really want to pass on to your children. Uh, there are some things that we intentionally pass on to them, and there are some things that we just accidentally pass on to them. And and so I'm while I am intentionally trying to pass on this process of of roasting turkeys to my son, there was something, uh, many things, but one thing in particular that I unintentionally passed on to him, and that was my love for olives. <laughs> it's true, we both love olives. Uh, we love it on pizza, we love it just right out of the can. Uh, I got some olives here, and I got the green variety because he doesn't like the green ones. So I'm pretty sure I can say have the whole bowl for myself. But olives, um, I love them. And I think that they don't get enough credit for what they are. And today, as we are uh, having our Thanksgiving celebration, as, as we celebrate uh, the Thanksgiving holiday here at Grace Point, one of the things that I want to do is, is that as we think about Thanksgiving, as you think about Thanksgiving from now on, and as you think about all of the things that you are thankful for, what I'm going to suggest to you is that in that thanksgiving thankfulness, that you think about the olive. It's really good. (laughs) You see, when we're thankful for things, it's easy for us to pick out the good things in our lives that we're thankful for. It's easy for us to look back on this year and to look at all of the good things that have happened and say, those are the things that we're thankful for. The things that we're thankful for, like of the promotion that we got. Or graduation is finally coming. Some of us are thankful for the disease that has been cured. Or 
the exciting vacation that we took. Or finally getting a ring on our finger. There are many things for us to be thankful for. And it's those things that we are commonly thankful for, or that we would that people think about what you're thankful for, those are the things that we share with the world, that we tell all the world about. In fact, I would guess that for most of you who are semi or very active on social media, that if you went through and scrolled through your social media over the last year, you would have pictures of many of the things that you are thankful for. Because those are the things that we want to share, that we want to brag about, that we want to tell the world about and say that we're thankful for them. But you know what it is that we're rarely thankful for? We're rarely thankful for the hard times. We're rarely thankful for the times when we've been wounded. We're rarely thankful for the times when our hearts have been crushed. And when those times come, you know, we feel them. And and you feel them so deeply. and, And you wonder if we're the only ones that are going through them. And we wonder if if we're ever going to get to a place where we get through them and we don't even know if we're going to get through them. And so we have these moments where the doctor calls and says that he needs you to come in to have a conversation. Or the person, a person that you love makes a decision to just get up and walk away from you. Or when you feel like you're paralyzed with fear and doubt and pain in those moments. Have you ever been there? Probably. Have you ever been thankful while you were there? And for most people, probably not. Because it's hard to be thankful in those. And that is what brings us to the olive. And I'm not going to eat another one because it's getting stuck in my throat. It, it brings us to the olive and to the olive tree. And today, tonight specifically, I want to talk about the olive trees that grow in the Kidron Valley, which is just east of Jerusalem. And it's an interesting place where, where these olive trees grow because um, they, they are everywhere. And there's an account in Scripture where uh, the Apostle John is, is writing down the things that had happened as he's following Jesus along. And there's this one moment where Jesus, he's finished preaching. Uh, he's just finished talking to a bunch of people. And, he, and John records it happening like this. He says, after saying these things, and he's talking about Jesus here. He says, after saying these things, that Jesus was talking and preaching to the people, he says, Jesus crossed the Kidron Valley with his disciples and entered a grove of olive trees. Now, this grove of olive trees is a place that If you grew up in the church, if you grew up going to church, you probably know of a place called the Garden of Gethsemane. That was this grove of olive trees. And then verse 2, it says, Judas the betrayer knew this place because Jesus had often gone there with his disciples. So this was a place, this grove of olive trees was a place that was... Very, very familiar to Jesus. It was a place that he went to all of the time. In fact, this was the place that right before he was arrested, right before he was about to go through the the beating and, and the trial and the crucifixion, that he was standing in this place with Peter, James, and John, and he told them this. He said, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. 
crushed with grief to the point of death. And he says, stay here and keep watch with me. Jesus was very familiar with the heart-crushing times. He was very familiar with the soul-crushing times. He was very familiar with them. He experienced them. And, and, and it's interesting that in that moment that he was feeling this soul-crushing grief, that he was standing next to an olive tree. And it's interesting because the olive is a picture of what we all have to go through and why our hearts have to go through those crushing times. Lisa Turkust, who's who's an author and a speaker, she talks about and, and expands on this, and she says that there are three reasons why we have to go through the crushing times, the crushing times in our lives. And she says that the first thing is, is that the crushing times are necessary. The crushing times are necessary times. You see, what I didn't know was that that particular grove of olive trees, the olive trees that grow in that region that there are two winds that come across those trees. There is an east wind which comes off of the desert, and then there is a west wind which comes off of the Mediterranean. Now, the east wind is a harsh wind. It's a dry wind. It's a hot wind. In fact, they say that when the east wind blows, it can blow over uh, green grass, and in less than a day, the grass will wither. That's how harsh the east wind is. And yet the west wind comes off of the Mediterranean and it brings water, it brings life, it brings refreshment. And so we would think that if we could just somehow get rid of the harsh wind and we could just have that refreshing, cool wind from the West, that everything would be great. And yet what we've found is, is that the olive does not reach its potential unless it has both the cool, refreshing wind from the West and the harsh, dry wind of the east. You see, it has to have the cool, refreshing wind from the west because that's what brings the rain and that's what brings the the temperature down. But it is the dry, harsh wind from the east that gives the olive its robust flavor and gives it its strength and gives its resilience. You see, you have to have both the dry harshness and the cool, refreshing in order for the olive to achieve its purpose. So the crushing times are necessary. But the crushing times are necessary for the olives to bear fruit, and it's the exact same thing with you and me. That we need the dry times and the refreshing times. We need the harsh times and the times where we're put under the heat. We need both the the cool times and the warm times. We need them both if we're going to be who God intended for us to be. The second thing is this, is that the crushing times are processing times. Now, if you've ever uh, tasted an olive that's come right off of a tree, it's very bitter. In fact, if you were to take an olive off of a tree and and any time within a month of pulling it off of the tree, you were to eat it, it 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 would be so bitter that it would make you sick. The only way to solve and to cure the natural bitterness of the olive is to take it through a process. It has to be soaked. It has to be salted. It has to be broken. It has to be washed. And then when you go through all of that, 
You have to wait. And sometimes you have to do it again. And you have to be washed again. And soaked again. And salted again. But it is that process that is needed in order to cure it from its natural bitterness. And so it's the same with us. That there is a natural bitterness in the human heart. And the only way to cure it, the only way for us to get rid of the natural bitterness that can oftentimes get in us in those crushing times is for us to be washed and soaked and salted. And sometimes in those times, we have to wait. And it seems like nothing is happening. And again, we're washed and we're soaked and we're broken and we're salted. The third thing is this, is that the crushing times are preservation times. Do you know what is the best way to preserve the olive, the the best way to keep it around for the longest amount of time? It's to crush it. It's to crush it and to extract the oil. And it's the same thing with you and me. In fact, Scripture tells us in many different places that the way that we achieve the the place where we want to be and, and, and to be who we want to be, to preserve us, that the way that that happens is when we're pressed. And you know, when you're pressed, it feels a lot like being crushed. It feels a lot like being crushed. Now, I know there's a a verse in Scripture, and and there are probably some of you in here, maybe some of you who are watching us online, and you're you're hearing this thing about, you know, being crushed, and crushing is a part of it. You're you're thinking of that verse, and it's it's this verse in 2 Corinthians, uh, where Paul is writing, and he says that we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. And so we might look at that and say, well, how is it that, that we're not crushed? But that, that word crushed is actually uh, the Greek word, asteromenokemoi. It's this Greek word. There you go. That's the Greek word. Steromenokemoi. And that word means not crushed, but it means to compress. It means to push something into a space where it cannot move. In other words, it means to trap something somewhere. You see, crushing isn't the end of the olive. The crushing part is what allows us to get out of the olive what is the most valuable thing that the olive has. In fact, crushing is how you preserve the olive. You preserve it by crushing it. And the crushing times, they do the same thing to you and me. Because crushing, when we're walking through it, it's not the end. The crushing times are not the end of us, of who we are. See, the crushing times are the times that preserve us. They're the times that make us stronger. They're the times that give us a robust flavor. Those are the times... And, and when we are crushed, the same way as it is with the olive, when we are pressed, it allows the best, the most valuable part of us to come out. And when we understand this, when we understand that there is value in the crushing times, 
it allows us to look at the things that we go through from a little bit of a different perspective. That we can understand, that we can be pressed, we can be crushed, but we won't be destroyed. That we won't be driven into despair because crushing is not the end. And when we understand that, then we can look at the times where we're being crushed. We can look at those harsh times. We can look at those dry times and we can be thankful for them. That we can look throughout this past year and we can look at all of the good and we can say, thank God for those times. But we can look for all of those times when it's been hard and it's been tough and we've just wanted to give up. And we can be thankful for them because they were necessary. And they help to take and extract out of us what is most valuable. So when the harsh winds from the east blow, we can be thankful because they are needed. And when we are in the middle of those times where we're being processed, where we're being washed and soaked and broken and salted, and when we're waiting and it seems like nothing is happening and we're wondering if God is even there, we can be thankful. Because we're in the process. Because the bitterness is being cured. And then in those times where we feel crushed, where we feel pressed in, where we feel like we can't move, that if I take a step in any direction, everything is going to fall apart. That it's in those times that we can be thankful because we're being preserved. And the best of who we are is being brought out. And of course... We're running through the holidays and, you know, the holidays is, is so full of joy, but it's also for many people so full of sadness. And, and we're going to be starting off another year and, and we're going to look through this year until the next Thanksgiving and we're going to be experiencing these things, these crushing times. And, you know, when we're in the middle of it, it's hard to be thankful. It's hard to remember that in those tough times that we can say thank you, God, for them. And we forget. Because when we're in them, we don't want to go through them. And when we're in them, we do everything we can to resist them. And we're in the, when we're in them, we often just want to give up. And so we forget. And I think God probably knew that in those times, we would forget. And maybe, just maybe... That's why he gave us the olive, so we would remember. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. Grace Point Church is located in South San Francisco, California. For more information, look us up online at www.wearegracepoint.com.